Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. We are capping off a series called The Way, the first one of 2024 in the books. And I'm joined by two special guests and friends. First, we're joined by lead pastor Jose Abaroa. Jose, Good welcome morning, back to the Taylor. podcast. And we're joined by the amazing Rhonda Clock prayer pastor, Rhonda Patterson. Welcome <laughs> back to the podcast. It's great to be here. <laughs> Jose, we'd love to give you the first word, not just as I always ask, kind of what God taught you in the midst of prepping for this week, but also just capping off a series and just the significance of it as yeah. we roll it through the year. So thinking back to where the series came from, 2024, new year, we are quick to be optimistic and hopeful and write our resolutions and uh, seldom, at least for me, don't really think about the trouble that's going to come in 2024. And so that's really where this came from, this verse in John, where he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And that's where we get the statement that he is the way and the truth and the life and that no one comes to the Father except through me. So we've been digging through these four very important truths. We've been looking at some of the I am statements that Jesus made in the Gospel of John. And uh, I know it's been very enlightening for me. I've learned a ton preparing and and I hope it's been for, for you guys as well. Yeah, we're going to jump into this week's, but I'd love to ask you, Rhonda, just the whole series and just this verse about Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. What has stood out to you and what has God taught you just in the last few weeks? Well, I'm a little irritated at Jose for doing this series just because like the very first week, my heart got troubled. <laughs> so uh, I was like, oh man, <laughs> you know, but uh, no, seriously, Um it's so good. It's been so good. Just, um, it's been steadying for me, great reminders for me, uh, mm. just resetting me because that did happen for me. And so, just being an, able to sit in His truth and rest in those things is, is it's the place of peace. Yeah. So, it's been great, really. We've looked so, I'm at- not irritated at you. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Reconciliation right here. Uh, we've, we've looked at how Jesus is the way, he is the truth and the life. And then this last part of the verse, Jose, you really camped out on, no one comes to the Father except through me. That's the only John, way. John mm-hmm. 14, yeah. 6. And you looked at, there's several different attributes of this concept of a good shepherd. And I'd love to start there because I know in our modern day context, maybe shepherd is maybe a hard illustration to wrap mm-hmm. our mind around. So what, what starting there, what is so significant? What even just in this passage stood out to y'all as far as just the concept of Jesus being our shepherd as we look at some of these attributes yeah, for us. Well, well, again, when I, especially growing up, thought about Jesus and, and when I started coming to faith, when, when I recognized that my mind was changing, that I was becoming a follower of Jesus, the fact that Jesus was the only way was a difficult one for mm-hmm. me to, to grasp because I, I didn't want to exclude people that I loved. And honestly, I didn't have the intellectual um, understanding to prove, yeah, mm-hmm. no, he is the only way. And and so in John 10, 10, it's clear that Jesus says that he came to bring us life and an abundant life. And then there are these thieves. And that's really why he is the only way, because there are all these other ways and, and mindsets and belief systems that want to steal the abundant life that we can only find in Jesus. And that is best explained by him being the good shepherd. Mm-hmm. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. He cares for us. He knows us. He calls for us and he paid the price for us. So that that is the essence of who Jesus is. And so again, instead of thinking of it for me, as in I'm following a, a belief system or a bunch of rules and obligations, I'm, I'm following a person and he's a really good shepherd. 
Absolutely. I think probably we've all wrestled with those things at some point and uh, or had people uh, question us and um, hit us with, you know, just obstinance about Jesus being the only way. And um, I, I think just understanding that that knowing him as as shepherd, knowing him personally, I don't have to wrestle with all the understand. His ways are not our ways, and and I don't I don't have to have it all under you know able for me to understand everything. I just know that I can trust That's the good the key shepherd word right there. Yeah, yeah, trust. And so I can trust him with with concerns, cares, and doubts, and that he he is faithful. He's perfect justice. He's perfect mercy. And so I can trust those things to him. That's so good. Uh, Jose, we're going to look at four attributes you gave us of what a good shepherd is, starting here with this first one, that he cares for us. And I think all of these four truths we're going to look at, and we can take as much time as we need to today, but each of these truths, it's something that we may have heard before, and maybe early in our faith, for those that are walking with Jesus, maybe this was a concept that first hit us and was like, oh, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. But over the months and as the years go by, there may be times where doubts creep in, trust, just like you said, Mm -hmm. Rhonda, there's just this distrust of like, okay, but does he really care about me? Mm -hmm. I know he's the good shepherd. I know he cares about me, but does he really? So uh, I think it'd be helpful just if we practically broke down each of these four and just talked about some of the thieves and robbers that try to come in and doubt us. Mm -hmm. So for someone listening that's maybe wrestling with just this first concept about the good shepherd cares for us, maybe because of their upbringing and maybe just their own relationship with their parents not having that care, so Mm -hmm. why would an earthly father care for them? Or just maybe even friendships or in the church or just times where they don't feel cared for. How have y'all continued to go back to truth in moments where you feel like God doesn't care about you or no one cares about you? Mm. (laughs) Always with the good questions on the conversation podcast. Yeah, for me, I'd say that it it is really important to define the difference between other shepherds, Mm -hmm. the thieves and the robbers, and and God. So again, going back to some of the passages that we talked about on Sunday, in Ezekiel, God calls out the bad shepherds. God calls out false teachers in, in the Gospel of John. God's saying that there are going to be people that are going to try to kill, steal, and destroy. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to sneak in, right? Like in, in the passage in John 10, they're going to go over the rock wall or, or, or over the ditch that is trying to protect the sheep. And so being aware that that is going to happen, and yet God remains the same. He is the door. He's going to protect. He's going to care. And uh, for me, making that distinction and really understanding the characteristics of God have helped me stay loved no matter what circumstance I may be facing, relational tension I I may be going through. So Right. Yeah. And I think in my own life, I mean, certainly I've had ups and downs. I've had lows, but uh, I have not experienced some of the things that people have had to walk through in their life. And um, there's people that have had to go through just horrific, horrific things. And that isn't Thankfully, not been the case for me in my life. So, um, so I I feel like as a whole, I've always felt like God cares for me. Um, but He reminds me of places where He was faithful. I can look back on things where He did help me through uh, hard times. I think being uh, humble to realize those who are struggling in some really horrific places um, that. 
it's, it can sound flippant just to say he, he cares for you. They have to experience that care. And so praying for that and caring for them is being his hands and feet. Uh, but just understanding that, that people are all over the place and there are life experiences. And so that that he cares for them may be something really hard for them mm-hmm. to wrap their mind around. And how do we receive God's care for us? Because mm-hmm. I think that's another thing. It's not a question of if it's there, like he's always there and we read that, but how do we just even be mindful of it and look for it and notice it? How have y'all seen that in your lives as far as what are ways that you kind of keep that at the forefront of your mind? Ask that one more time. How do y'all receive God's care as far as you may? It's always there and you know it's there, but how do you be mindful of it or knowledgeable of it? Yeah, the biggest thing for me is we read this three times. He laid down his life for us. So he did something that I couldn't do. He wants more for me than he wants from me. And that's a difficult truth to to wrestle with because I, I, I want to earn. <laughs> I want to prove myself as worthy of his love, of his care. But the truth of the gospel is that he goes way beyond my ability to earn. He, he freely gives. That's agape love. And so receiving it is the key, <laughs> not trying to earn it, but just saying, thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, I, I trust that you are here and that you care for me. Yeah. And seeing him in the day-to-day, you know, uh, Jose, you talked about that Sunday, people in your life that you know you can go to this doctor, this dentist, whatever, and they help you in, in a time of, uh, I've, I've watched in our life, um, in those around me, like God just placing other believers in our path at the right time to either uh, bring a meal, meet a need, or speak a word of encouragement that they really didn't even know you needed to hear. And um, that that's Him caring for us. Uh Yes, He doesn't have to do anything else. Our salvation alone, our eternity being secure, that that's... It's a good gift. That's a great gift. But He does so much more in the everyday if we're watching for Him. That's so good. And what about, I know both of you all talked about this before on the podcast, just on different episodes, but even just reflecting some of what you're saying, Rhonda, reflecting on how He's come through. What's the significance of doing that as far as just looking past at the ways that He's He's been faithful? Yeah, I think on that one... Compare when you have followed other shepherds, compared to when you follow the desires of your heart, compared to when you heard an advice from a friend that is angry at, you know, the way of Jesus and and wants, you know, you to experience something new or fresh or Mm -hmm. whatever. They ultimately, those things don't care for you. They don't give you a, a an abundant life. They don't set you up to go the distance. And that's the biggest difference between Jesus and the ways of the world. The ways of the world, all these other belief systems, all these other, they, they can produce short-term results, but they don't set you up for the long-term. Definitely not for eternity, but then also not, not for the whole of your life. Right. I mean, Jesus gives us what we need mm-hmm. in the everyday. So comparing, I think, is a good exercise as well. What would you say, Taylor? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's uh, the biggest one. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Just evaluating. I've thought about this just even reflecting on my own life and, okay, what are the ways where I was trying to be my own God and, and mm. kind of make decisions on my own? And, you know, it sounds crass to, to ask, <laughs> but how did that work out for me? You know, like just <laughs> bluntly asking myself that. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, there's no peace in that. And there's always, you know, it, I may try to think I did well on one thing, but it just leads to more and more work and it just piles up. And so I think that's a great, 
That's Absolutely. And, you know, we're, we're so much like the Israelites and, yes, and the grumbling and the forgetting what he has done, you know, and just moving forward and, and we forget. So um, I know I, I'm not a huge journaler. That's just something that I've never, like, I don't do a daily journal or anything. But when there's been those significant moments, just really powerful moments in my life where He cared for me, He came through for me, He showed me His way and His concern and love for me, Um, whether it's jotting it down on a piece of paper and tucking it away somewhere, you know, that you can refer back to, or writing it right in your Bible. It's okay to write in your Bible and circle that significant scripture that spoke to your heart at a time that you were so low. And you might even just put a word or two that reminds you, because I've looked back sometimes at scriptures and gone, why was that? Why did that one just really get me at that time? Because I started and circled it. But sometimes just write a word or two about that circumstance there, and it just takes you right back to what he did. And so we all need it. Yes. Yeah, That's so good. Let's uh, jump into this second part here. The good shepherd not only cares for us, but knows us. And in John 10, it says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And then, Jose, you mentioned just uh, even in Exodus 2, 25, God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. I, again, it's one of those where we're, we're in church, we hear that, and it's like, okay, God knows us. But I'd love to maybe just talk about, or just kind of pick y'all's brain about, what would it look like if that wasn't the case? Like, uh, just think about, mm-hmm. what does what the opposite of that look like? Because again, for the thieves and the robbers, we may easily kind of be persuaded that way, but what is so significant about God knowing us compared to if he didn't? I think it's one of the biggest fears in our lives is to be unknown, right? Mm-hmm. Is to live as if, you know, or, or live and, and have no one truly know us. And, and I think the powerful truth of, of especially the Exodus story is that he knew their pain and he knew their suffering. And that's what caused God to act. It was a part of his redemptive plan, the slavery and the trouble. And it's same a part, it's a part of his will for our lives that we will endure trouble Mm -hmm. but he acts and he's there and he knows our pain and so to really know that (laughs) there's four times the word no in 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 this passage in john 10 so if you you know if you really know that god knows you (laughs) and he knows your pain then that is so comforting again that's what a chief uh, i'm sorry a good shepherd does Mm -hmm. absolutely um at the women's gathering this week, we uh, were talking about purpose. And so shameless plug, if you didn't get to make it, there'll be another one. That's right. Be sure to come, women, because it's it's wonderful. But um, uh, purpose is, is a part of that, of knowing that He knows you. And um, it affects all your decisions. It affects uh, everything as I go throughout my day is that He... Uh, he knows me. He not only loves me, he likes me. Mm-hmm. He likes what he created. And it doesn't matter if you're eyeball to the gutter right now. He he likes you, and he loves you, and he has a purpose and a plan, and he knows you. Uh, a, a lot of people will talk about a best friend or a spouse and say, they know everything about me, the good, the bad, the ugly, and we all have those kind of people in our life, or hopefully we do, but the truth is they don't. They don't know everything. Only God 
knows every place of my heart, my mind, my body, inside and out, only God. And so that's very precious. Yeah, and then also thinking about the bad. He knows yeah. he knows all the bad, and that's why he instructs us. That's why he corrects us. That's why he gives us very clear ways. Again, this is a narrow way mm-hmm. that we that we walk and follow. And so sometimes we may think, well, God, why can't I fill in the blank? Everybody else is doing it. I want to have fun. I, I want to enjoy this or that. And and God is our good father. He is our good shepherd. He knows that that's not going to be best for us. Right. More importantly, I didn't say this on Sunday, but it's not going to be good for the generations that come after us. Mm-hmm. Because again, he's looking long-term. And so right. the decisions that we make on a daily basis do impact not only us, but those closest to us. And it doesn't matter if we have or don't have kids, we, we live in we live among the generations. And so either we're setting up the next generation for success, or we're trying to have all the fun and live the YOLO, you only live once life, and, and then not and then not pass on uh, the best to, to those that are coming up next. So he knows the bad. And that's why he gives us, you know, these wonderful guidelines, boundaries that that help keep us from trouble. Yeah, yeah. we talked about that two weeks ago. Just looking at the truth, Jesus being the truth, because there's a lot of little t truths out there that try to convince us. I think mm-hmm. about, uh, I believe it was Rick Warren that talked about this in one of his books about how if you get like a widget or a robot, it doesn't make sense to ask that robot, "Hey, how do you work? What what, what can I do to kind of fix or kind of help you?" Instead, you ask the inventor, the one that made the robot. Mm-hmm. And so I think in the same way, it's like, who are we as little sheep to be able to tell each other like what's going to be best for us or mm-hmm. what I feel is best when really it's going to be God that. So not only does he know us, but he also knows what's best, what's best for us. Right, so and, so, and the hardest part sometimes is in that wrestling. But once you say, your trust way, you. God, yeah. I trust yeah. you, a lot of times you'll feel that release mm-hmm. uh, from that temptation or from that wrestling that you're doing because peace will flood you. Mm-hmm. And that's a muscle. Obedience is a muscle. So the more we are obedient with the small things when no one's watching, the easier it's going to be to obey him yeah. in the bigger things. Mm-hmm. It, it teaches us... I think this next point, right, where he says yeah, that he speaks, for it, that, that, it, that he speaks, <laughs> and and he calls for us. Mm-hmm. So we really learn his mm-hmm. his voice because we we have this relationship where we're always looking for okay, what what, what is God mm-hmm. saying about this? What does God want me to do? And the more we turn to Him, the more we seek Him, the more we will find Him and hear His voice saying, "Hey, this way, hey, that way, hey, no, hey, yes," mm-hmm. and uh, that that's big because again, He wants us to be with Him. He wants to gather us in versus the opposite. No, that's a great segue. Yeah, the world is a big place and there's a lot of people. And I think about of all of these four attributes, this one may be the hardest for some people to hear because it would make sense that he calls the name of the guy on stage or the professional Christian out there that's been following him that's never made any major mistakes. Mm -hmm. And yet someone listening may be thinking, there's just no way that he would call me. Like there's so many other people. And so what would y'all, how would y'all encourage someone that's just even sitting in that spot right now, just thinking, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I haven't done, you know, as far as just when it comes to the works, why is this so significant for just even y'all personally, as you seek to love people around you? Mm-hmm. Well, um, one thing that I was able to share uh, at the gathering Sunday was that um, when I I received the Lord uh, as Savior as a child, but it wasn't until I was like 39 that I really just surrendered my whole life and wanted Him to, and He he called me to that. It was mm-hmm. like, it's time to grow up. 
you know, it's time to come into what I have for you. My purpose is proud of that. A lot of just aimless direction in my life. And so a scripture that really spoke to me during that time was Isaiah 43, 7, where he says, everyone that I've uh, I've called, you know, that I've formed and made, created for my glory, created for my glory. And so that was like, that's it. That's my purpose. I'm created to bring him glory. And so he's called all of us in Christ. We're called to just reflect His glory in our day-to-day living. And that can sound kind of intimidating, but it's not. It's a freedom to just go about your day thinking about Him, talking to Him, sharing your day with Him, and letting Him lead you into the um, relationships and encounters that He wants you to have. Yeah, and he, that, that also means silencing the other voices around that are also calling mm-hmm. for you because mm-hmm. I wish that I always had ears tuned to heaven and <laughs> saying, yes, Lord, here I am, send me, I'm, I'm willing and mm-hmm. ready. But oftentimes, yeah, I'm, I, I have other either, whether that's insecurities inside or other agendas mm-hmm. that come into the front of my you know mind or life that I have to intentionally silence mm-hmm. and say, I'm not going, I'm not mm-hmm. going that way. I'm not mm-hmm. spending my day in, in worry, or I'm not spending my day holding this grudge or thinking this negative thought. I need to let that go so that I can really hear where God wants me and what he wants me right. to be doing. And that's that obedience muscle. Yeah. You yeah. know, the more you walk in it and, um, and it's a process our entire life. Yeah, but what a, it's, it's just amazing that he, he, mm-hmm. he does call for us every morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He wants us to be with him. Yeah. And he wants to guide us through through the little decisions of every day as, as well as the big mm-hmm. ones. Practically, what does that look like? How do y'all discern the voice? I think about uh, John, a little later on in John 10, verse 27, says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And so we... There's a lot of voices, as y'all said. There's a lot of just room for discernment. Hearing both of y'all say it's a process, you know, that we don't have to get mm-hmm. it right every single time. But but how is it when you're praying or you're thinking, you're like, okay, is this is this God or is this me? Like, is this my flesh? Like, even just when it comes to to dis- like good decisions, how do y'all wrestle with what's what's God's love, will and what's I love not? that you're asking this because oftentimes when we think about it, we think about it as an individual thing. Okay, mm-hmm. he's calling me. I need to decipher what he is wanting me to do. But mm-hmm. think. About about it. It's one shepherd and it's a flock of sheep. In fact, in context right there, he's saying that not all the sheep are, are here. He's going to call more sheep. That's the Gentiles, those that aren't in mm-hmm. uh, a part of the family of God. So it's a collective that he's calling. Mm-hmm. And so when he calls, he, he calls a group. So surround yourself with people mm-hmm. that also want to hear God mm-hmm. and watch him speak openly doubt, openly ask questions. Hey, I'm really seeking God's guidance, uh, simple questions, big questions, whatever, just share that with somebody. That's why community groups are so crucial. You can do that in the community group. Can't really do that, you know, on Sunday morning. (laughs) Hey, raise your hand. What are you asking God for? And then we'll go around and anyway, that'd be fun. Maybe we'll do that one day. My point is that he calls a group. So when you surround yourself with other people that want to hear from God, you'll you'll hear from God. Mm. 
I think I might just add real quick that he cares so much about our posture. So I think the the willingness of seeking God and asking him, I mean, we've looked at this all throughout this this series so far, is just asking God for his will. I think that's the posture. I think about whether it's the rich young ruler or several that approach Jesus and they're like, okay, what's what's the secret? They were used to doing so many things right instead of the life hack model. And so like, all right, Jesus, what is it? And he was caring about their heart. He wanted to get rid of all the distractions and just pursue him. And so I think that in some ways I can overcomplicate it because I'm like, well, wait, but is this the best? Is this not? You know, and I, mm-hmm. I quickly become, okay, what's the right decision for me? And to your point, Jose, it's like, okay, we all collectively are submitted under God saying, okay, what is your will? And I think that's where he'll answer that each time. Absolutely. And, and the word. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was fixing to say, is being in the word, knowing the word. If it, when, it's, when it's really taking hold in your heart and in your everyday life, then a lot of times those decisions aren't even really a place to have to wrestle because you just know it'll align with his word. You know, the the, the way he's leading you is going to align with his word. He's, he's never going to lead us away from his word. And so, sure, there's some decisions in life I feel like he just, he, he says, what do you want, Jose? Yeah. What would you like, yeah. Taylor? You know, and it's okay if, if I... You know, he's not going to let me. He's going to bless both. But yeah. yeah. And so sometimes there's decisions that we probably get too hung up over that are not that complicated. But when it's something that, that does, uh, we want to be in alignment with him, then then knowing his word, knowing him, being in relationship with him, wherever you're at in your journey, um, just start today, you know, and start working on building that with him because a, a lot of those decisions it just it's very clear and you don't have to wrestle with that's it. really good mm-hmm. this last point here and a, what better way to cap off not only the message but even just the series talking about that the good shepherd paid for us that he died for us we mm-hmm. talked about it in the opening we talked about it now that that is literally the game changer of any other shepherds any other way any other truths and life, but would love to just kind of close here, Jose, giving you the final word as we just look at this aspect of Jesus paying for it all and the significance that we can live day to day. Yeah, that. he's saying, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me because he laid down his life for us. And I think mm-hmm. about the context of thieves and robbers, they steal. They take what's not theirs, and yet here we have a shepherd that lays down his life so that he can purchase what's his, and that's each of us. He loves Mm us. He sacrificed his life so that we could be a part of of the fold and uh, live live abundantly. So I hope, again, that this series was beneficial to you, and uh, already looking forward to the next one. Thanks for listening to The Conversations Podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. See you back for the next conversation.